Welcome to another episode of Illini Cast. It's Indiana Hoosier Week when it comes to football, and I'm very privileged to have Jeffrey from Only Talk Sports on with me. We're going to talk a little bit about the, the upcoming game between the Illinois Fighting Illini and Indiana Hoosiers. Jeffrey, thanks for coming on. I really appreciate you for having me on. Definitely not a lot of people talking about Illinois and Indiana, but it should be a lot of fun and actually a game that has some stakes for both teams. So, again, appreciate you having me on. You're exactly right. Uh, you know, a couple of weeks ago, this game looked like it was going to mean absolutely nothing for both teams. But, uh, you know, both teams have kind of have been on a little turnaround, which is nice. You know, obviously, Indiana's coming off the win last week, and uh, Illinois has actually looked pretty good for three straight games now. So, you know, Playoffs, it's a, they're kind of a, both in a playoff mentality. You know, they're both trying to basically trying to win out to get to a bowl game. And, you know, a bowl game for programs like Indiana and Illinois is a, absolutely a goal. You know, some for some people it's a floor or it can constitute as a, or a bad season. But, you know, Indiana and Illinois, they need that bowl game to, you know, kind of move forward and continue building momentum in their program. So, uh like you said, somebody's got to talk about the game. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I mean, you talk about Indiana. They haven't won a bowl game since 91. I mean, it's been a 32 years since they've won a bowl game. They've been to several lost close games to Ole Miss, Tennessee, and Utah and Duke recently in the last eight years, but have not been able to win. They've lost all those games by single digits. So they would love to make a bowl game and be able to finally win one. <laughs> wow. Well, that's yeah, 1991. That's That's a pretty long time. So, Jeffrey, you talked about eight years, you know, like usually when you we talk about Indiana Hoosiers football, at least the last couple of years, the first topic that tends to come up is Tom Allen. Mm. Um, how would you say what's the you know, what's the feel on Tom Allen with uh, the fan base we're going right now? Well, definitely when you had the 2019-2020 seasons and they were 14-7 and seven over both those years, he was doing great. He got the contract extension, which making $4.9 million a year at Indiana football is absolutely insane. I mean, Indiana's never paid a coach that much in football before. And, you know, they were getting good coordinators, but they lost Kane Womack to South Alabama at the head coaching job. They lost Kalen DeBoer, offensive coordinator, to Fresno State. Now he's at Washington, and he's reunited with Michael Penix. But, see, that's where everything went wrong because the coordinators left, and, and then the play calling got worse. Tom Allen didn't make the best coordinator hires, and then Michael Penix left after he got injured for the third straight season. So then Indiana, you know, has just been really bad the last couple of years, 2-10 in 2021, 4-8 in 2022, and they're 3-6 and six right now, which isn't, you know, again, for Indiana, necessarily a bad thing because at least they're still bowl eligible at this point in the season. A lot of years they're not. But when Tom Allen had them doing so well back then and now they're struggling now, a lot of fans are, you know, getting to the point where can Tom Allen fix this? Can he actually turn this around? And if not, his buyout drops from twenty million this year to after December first, twenty twenty four, it drops to under eight million dollars. And if Indiana cannot make a bowl game either this year or next, it might be, you know, I guess all she wrote for Tom Allen. He's not going to be able to save his job. I think that obviously being in Indiana and they don't have high expectations, that he has a lot of leeway. But unfortunately, with just the amount of bad going over the last three years, they need some success. So if he can't turn it around, he's definitely running out of time. So they got, what, three games left. Mm -hmm. Do you think, how many games do you think he has to win to comfortably save his job? 
as opposed I think to... two out of the three would be really great for him. I mean, making the bowl game would be awesome. And if you win the bowl game, go seven and six, be one of the best turnarounds in Indiana football history, which isn't saying much. But going from two two and six to seven and six would be crazy. But I would say if he goes five and seven and in the loss to the other team, you know, that, that you're going to lose to. It's a close loss. I think that a lot of fans would be like, you know, there was improvement down the stretch. Maybe next year they can build on it and be even better. But four and eight, it, it would not be a good look. I still don't think he would be fired because of the buyout, but he would have to do a lot better the next season. Five and seven, he definitely needs to do that to feel pretty safe. They had a uh, – Indiana did have a nice turnaround win last week against mm-hmm. Wisconsin, a team that Illinois actually just lost to the week before, uh, you know, unfortunately, in the, with a horrible showing in the fourth quarter. Um, what happened? Like, how, like, what did Indiana do against uh, Wisconsin that they had not been doing previously in previous weeks? I mean, it's a great question. I think part of it's because in the middle of the season, Indiana did fire their offensive coordinator, Walt Bell, and they brought on Rod Carey. They upped him from his analyst role to his, an offensive coordinator position. And he's been a coach in the past at Northern Illinois and Temple, so he's definitely an experienced guy in the coaching realm. So Rod Carey, I think, has made the offense a bit better. And they made the quarterback change from Taven Jackson to Brendan Soresby. And Brendan Soresby, it's not that he's – you know, more, I guess you had talented than Taven Jackson or that he can, he's a little bit better of a runner, but he's taking care of the ball better than Taven Jackson. He's not throwing as many picks. So that's allowing Indiana's offense to not give the other team good field position by making mistakes. Indiana has a good punter, which is allowing, you know, them to pin the other team deep in, you know, their own territory. James Evans is one of the best punters in college football that probably no one talks about because he plays for Indiana, which makes sense. But I do think that the quarterback change, the offensive coordinator change has helped. And that close loss to Penn State, when they made those changes, it gave them belief. You know what? We hung with a top team. We almost had a chance to win. We didn't get it done. And plus, to be fair to Wisconsin, they are banged up. Braylon Allen did not play in the game. Ches Malusi's out for the season. And Tanner Mordecai is hurt as well. So they were not 100%. Not to take away from Indiana, but the Hoosers just got some momentum against Penn State. It carried over into the game. Wisconsin was banged up. And I think that maybe the Badgers were sleeping on Indiana a bit as well. And the Hoosers were able to get a, a close home win over Wisconsin, something they have not done since 2002. They have not beaten Wisconsin yeah. at home since 2002. So that was a good win for Indiana. So you say, you know, obviously, yeah, Indiana had the quarterback change and the new offensive coordinator. From the Illini fan base viewpoint, what kind of offense will they be looking forward to on Saturday? Indiana has been all over the place with the offense this year because at the beginning of the season, they were running this triple option stuff that was not working against Ohio State and Akron. They almost lost to Akron, but now they've kind of started to be more of, I would say, a passing attack. I mean, they're throwing the ball around 30, you know, 32 times a game for the most part, whereas earlier in the season, they were only throwing it around you know, like 15 to 18 times. So they're trying to be more of a passing team, and they have to be because when the old offensive coordinator, Walt Bell, he was saying we want to be a run-first team. Well, Indiana's offensive line, while it's improved this year from last season, it's still not one of the better ones in the Big Ten. So it's very hard to run the football if you're Indiana, especially when your running backs are small. Jalen Lucas and Josh Henderson are both under six feet tall. They're both under 200 pounds. Josh Henderson might be close to a 200, but they're not big backs, so it's hard to run up the middle against you know Big Ten teams. So Indiana's trying to run you know more runs to the outside. They're trying to you know get some quick passes out to guys like Josh Henderson, Jalen Lucas. They need to do more deep balls. They can throw the ball down the field. They had a couple of deep passes against Wisconsin that you know in the first half to kind of set them up to be in the lead 
And Donovan McCauley at wide receiver has been playing much better. And he's been he even had a one-handed catch against Wisconsin that was on the Sports Center top ten plays. Indiana hasn't had a Sports Center top ten play in a long time. So in football, so that was pretty cool to see. But I would say Indiana's just a generic offensive team. They're a decent passing team. It's mostly quick passes, and the run game is below average because their O line isn't the best. I was looking over the stats uh, before we got on today, and their defense isn't exactly very highly ranked. But I also saw that they've played against the six best offenses in the Big Ten. So I feel like those numbers in some ways are kind of skewed. Um, Mm -hmm. Can you tell me a little bit about the Indiana defense? Yeah, definitely. Indiana's defense has had a resurgent year because last season, ironically, Tom Allen was calling the plays and it didn't work. They were just not getting it done on defense. The year before, they had another defensive coordinator that just didn't have success after Kane Womack. It was Charlton Warren. They had a bad season in 2021 on defense. Prior to that, they were really good on defense, creating havoc. They actually were like top five in the country in 2020 in takeaways, which is a big reason that they had the season they had that year. But this season, you talk about Aaron Casey. He is one of the best defenders in the Big Ten. And that's something that's crazy for Indiana because he's a middle linebacker. And Micah McFadden was a good middle linebacker for Indiana. And then Cam Jones was a good middle linebacker. Now Aaron Casey is, you know, following their lead. So Indiana's best defensive player for the last five to six years has been a middle linebacker, which is wild. And he's actually leading the Big Ten in tackles for loss with 13 and a half, which you talk about Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State, all these great teams. And Aaron Casey, a guy from Indiana, leading the Big Ten in tackles for loss. That's wild. Jacob Mangan Farrar is a good uh, linebacker as well next to him. He transferred in from Stanford. So the linebacking group for Indiana is probably the the best group on defense. The safeties and corners, they're young, but they've been playing better lately. They they even held Marvin Harrison Jr. in week one to only 18 receiving yards, but that was week one in Ohio State's first game with Kyle McCord. So if they played now, that probably wouldn't happen. But I do think Indiana's defense is better. The defensive line isn't the best at getting sacks, but they are pretty good at stopping, like, big runs they usually only give up like three and four yard runs and if they do give up a you know a run past them the linebackers take care of it I would say Indiana makes mistakes on defense sometimes they had a couple blown coverages against Wisconsin but overall their defense is better than their offense and a big reason why they've even been competitive at times this season against teams like Penn State and Louisville so Indiana and Illinois don't exactly play very often but the last three or four times they have played Indiana has had Illinois number um, what would you say over the last three, four, five years, whatever you want to say, uh, you know, obviously there's a lot of bad to say about Tom Allen's teams uh, for the last couple of years. What would you say are like kind of some of the positives? I would just say that Tom Allen's energy is infectious because a lot of people talk about that Tom Allen you know, isn't maybe one of the best X's and O's guys in, in college football. But, you know, a lot of people talk about that phrase in general. But I just don't really think that, you know, especially on offense, he's a defensive-minded coach. So he knows defense. But basically, it, you have to have a good offensive coordinator for Indiana to be good on both sides of the ball. It's kind of like USC with Lincoln Riley, how they're good on offense, but their defense isn't getting it done. They need a new coordinator. And that's kind of way with Indiana. They roll as the offensive coordinator rolls on that side of the ball. The defense is usually consistent. But I just would just say that Tom Allen's energy, it bleeds over to the entire team. It makes them play harder. And when they're having success and when they believe that they can win games, it makes them, even when they're like a 20 or 30-point underdog, like they were against Penn State, you know, two weeks ago, they almost won that game. 
And that's something you saw in 2017, 2018, 2019, and 2020. Those first four seasons of Tom Allen, I remember the 2018 year where they went 5-7, and seven, didn't make a bowl game when Peyton Ramsey was at quarterback. They almost beat Michigan at home. They lost that game by like three points or seven points, something like that. And they were competitive the entire game. And I know Michigan wasn't as good as they are now, but still they were a top 10 team. And Indiana was competitive. So the Hoosers, even when they're underdogs, they've always been able to fight because Tom Allen always gets them to play hard. And again, his energy, I mean, one time in 2020, he literally tackled Devon Matthews, a defensive player, when he got a takeaway, and he chipped his tooth because he hit his head on the helmet of Devon Matthews. That's how pumped he gets. And a lot of people make fun of him. Like, when they beat Akron in four overtimes, he was running all over the field for the Akron win. It's like most coaches would be like, I can't believe our team barely won this game. But no, Tom Allen, he's out there still cheering and happy they won. He just is happy to get a win. Obviously, Indiana has lower expectations. But I think that's the biggest thing that has kept him there so long and given the players belief, even when they are big underdogs, they can win games. And the last two years, it kind of wavered a bit, but it seems to be coming back with the Penn State and Wisconsin games. Maybe Tom Allen's starting to regain some of that old energy. Well, Indiana's going to have to keep that energy moving forward next year just because, you know, the Big Ten has got four pretty strong programs coming in. Uh, you know, Indiana and Illinois are kind of in similar tiers when it comes to where they're going to be fitting in. Uh, in the new look Big Ten. Uh, what do you think is the future for Indiana football uh, when it comes to the Big Ten 3.0? I'm definitely hoping it's not what some people are saying online where Indiana should go to the MAC. I mean, I've seen a lot of that trending on Twitter. Indiana to the MAC, they don't belong in the new Big Ten. I'm like, what about basketball? What about other sports where they're actually really good? But I know football is what drives most of the money in the decision-making, which is why USC, UCLA, Oregon, and Washington are coming to the Big Ten because more money, I mean, makes sense. But I don't think it's going to be that good for Indiana because it's going to be very hard for them to even compete with all four of those teams. And you're going to have two of them on your schedule every year, so that's two extra tough opponents. Granted, you might not be playing Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State every year, but you're adding those teams. So really, just overall, I think the schedule is going to be a bit harder than it normally is because you're not going to have as many of the easier opponents but I definitely feel for the West teams I hopefully Illinois with you know Brett Beal he's done a really good job there you know so far you know they're not doing as well this year but so far they've been very competitive but a lot of those West teams I mean you look at Wisconsin and Iowa some of their best years that they've had they do not stack up with the top teams in the Big Ten like Ohio State Michigan Penn State and now you're adding Oregon Washington USC it's just going to be tough for all these teams to have better competition, more competition to play against year in and year out. And I think for teams like Indiana and Illinois, it's just going to make it even harder for them to make bowl games. And if I think, you know, the Big Ten and a lot of people that are doing making all these decisions with the money, if they don't feel that these teams are viable, hopefully they don't get kicked out of the conference. I think that would be worst case scenario, but it would be good for Indiana and Illinois to at least be very competitive in football with the new teams coming over so they don't get kicked. I've had this conversation before. I don't think, you know, with Illinois, at least, I'm not sure mm -hmm. about Indiana. You can maybe confirm, like, uh, Illinois was a founding member of the Big Indiana Ten Indiana was, like, in 1901. I think it was, uh -huh. like, two years later. So they're the original okay. member, but they weren't, like, the 1899 when they all came together. They are like, the next team. <laughs> Got it. So I guess my thinking is the Big Ten is a lot about prestige and you know they do they do kind of seem stuck up when it comes to academics and whatnot compared to the other conferences i'm not as exactly fearful that they would look to kick out in indiana or illinois or some of the lower tier programs 
what I'm more afraid of happening, and this timeline would be like 10 years from now, is the Ohio States, the Michigans, you know, at that point, you know, USC, maybe an FSU, if, you know, those rumors are true. A lot of the big names from our conference and a lot of the big names from, say, the SEC who doesn't want to, you know, be paying Vanderbilt, uh, you know, their fair share of money. Um they decide to kind of build their own super conference and really start collecting like a mega TV deal that even, you know, surpasses the one that the big 10 is getting right now, which in my opinion is by far the best TV deal of Mm -hmm. all the conferences. Um, I think it would be more so those prestige teams abandoning the conference as opposed to the conference um, letting go of, I just think, I don't think they would like the look of, you know, saying, hey, yes, I know, Illinois, you were a founding member of our uh, conference. Uh, You know, you're, you know, you're the biggest school in uh, one of the uh, Illinois Illinois state. Obviously, Indiana is a little trickier because you got three prominent Mm -hmm. programs in that state. Um, It's between Illinois and Northwestern. Illinois is uh, a bigger school. Northwestern is kind of more so focused on academics, obviously, you know, Mm -hmm. with the Pat Fitzgerald era. You know, they were they'd been doing pretty well uh, in football as well. But I just think no one would want to be the guy, the commissioner who kicked out members. Mm -hmm. And for that reason, I'm thanking my lucky stars that Illinois and Indiana were already in the Big Ten Conference, because Mm -hmm. otherwise, if we're going to be speaking frankly, you know, we wouldn't be belonging in these this power two conversation. We'd be trying to scramble and trying to find our own homes. For sure. I mean, you talk about academics. I mean, that's a big reason that it, it sells these universities anyway. Because, like, I saw, like, when someone was talking about, like, Alabama versus Indiana. And Alabama makes so much money in football. Like, we know that because of, you know, they win and, the, you know, fan support and all that. But academically, Indiana, Illinois, programs like that make so much more money than Alabama does and it, it adds up it's just a lot of people don't think about it because they're only looking at football and they're looking at what the sports teams are doing I mean you talk about a school like Oregon State or Washington State is trying to find a home because right now they just Pac-12 is just gone and they're just li- yeah. out there the Pac-2 and they're trying to get the Big 12 to take them in but they don't make a lot of money in the other areas I mean football they're doing pretty decent Oregon State this year Washington State last couple years you know they've had ups and downs but they're not terrible programs but you know they just don't make a lot of money in other sports and academically they're just not going to make enough money for maybe the Big 12 to take them in I hope they do but academically I think that's going to save Indiana and Illinois to your point as well and yeah I've seen rumors like the Premier League you know with with soccer and everything people like it's gonna be three stages you're gonna have the top of of the, the conferences and the schools and all that like Alabama and USC and all they're going to be in a conference and then the mid-tier teams and then you're going to have like the group of five like I don't want that that's terrible but that money's driving everything so who knows but I think that would be like worst case scenario for sure so obviously Illinois and Indiana you know we're let's just be frank they're kind of more basketball schools Mm -hmm. than uh, football do you have any thoughts and opinions of the basketball season coming up for Indiana I think Indiana basketball is a team that a lot of people have varying opinions on because, like, some teams you see, like, it's consensus. Like, I think they're going to be, like, a top three to four team. I've seen with Indiana, some people say they could be as as low as 10th in the Big Ten, and I've seen them as high as third because 
on paper, there's talent. They've got two five-star guys in Khalil Ware, a guy that transferred from Oregon, but he was a former McDonald's All-American. And then Mackenzie Mbaka was a five-star as well. You know, in this class, he's a freshman. And they've got two experienced guards and you know, Xavier Johnson, Trey Galloway. They've got a good-looking team, but I don't think they have enough guard depth to be like a Big Ten title contender. They got a lot of front court depth, which is crazy. When Trace Jackson Davis was finally, you know, hanging it up in Indiana and going pro, I thought that they were going to be more of a guard-oriented team, but the way the roster shook out, they still have more forwards than guards. I think they'll be a middle to above average team in the Big Ten. They'll probably finish, in my mind, like fourth through sixth, somewhere in that range, maybe fifth would you know, in the middle of that is where they finish. They'll probably make the tournament. I think they'll be a good team, probably worse than last year. But with the way that Mike Woodson is recruiting in Indiana, bringing in more talent than Archie Miller was able to, and even Tom Crean at times, possibly it's still setting up Indiana, even if they do have a bit of a worse team this year, pretty well in the future classes to get good players, and they might, you know, move back up toward the top of the Big Ten again in future seasons. I think they'll have a pretty solid year. Do you see that trajectory, you know, of Indiana returning to the top two or three programs uh, in the conference? I think they definitely can in the Big Ten because there's not a lot of teams in the Big Ten right now that are either trying to push for that. I mean, outside like Michigan State and Purdue, they've been like the two teams. You know, obviously Tom Izzo has been like the standard. He's kind of like taking over what Bob Knight did at Indiana back in the 70s, 80s, and 90s, and it became what Tom Izzo has been doing at Michigan State. And then you'll have Purdue – you know, in some years they're really good, some years they're not as good. But it's been how those two teams. I think Indiana can get back there with Mike Woodson. Now, can they get back to like the top, you know, five to ten in college basketball? That might be a bit more of a stretch. I think they can do it because obviously, you know, Indiana puts so much focus on basketball, the resources, time and energy, and the fans do. They could, but definitely I think they can get back to being a top three program in the Big Ten. It's just going to take some more seasons of Mike Woodson doing a good job and more players saying, I want to play for this guy because he coached in the NBA for 30 years. It's just Indiana has been bad for so long, and they had the NCAA violations in the late 2000s. You know, with Kelvin Sampson and everything, it kind of just stained the program. They've been bad for so long. It's just they kind of got forgotten about a bit. But Mike Woods is doing the hard work trying to get them back to the top. It's just going to take some time, but I think they can get there. Well, two other teams are going to have take some time to get back to where they are. It's our two football uh, teams. Uh, do you have a prediction for Saturday? Definitely. I've talked about this game, you know, with a buddy of mine. We did a live stream on it yesterday, and I made my score prediction on it. I was very hesitant to do it because Illinois is favored by five. And mm -hmm. Illinois, probably on paper, has more talent than Indiana. And I know they did get a big win versus Minnesota. That was a really good win for Illinois and their bowl chances. But maybe, maybe it was because, you know, trying to ride off the win over Wisconsin and Tom Allen maybe getting the Hoosiers back, you know, to somewhat of respectability. But I went with Indiana to win over Illinois 17-14. to 14. I picked a really wow. close, low-scoring game. And I definitely could see Illinois winning. But, you know, talk about you know, Luke Altmaier. He has been turnover-prone, and their offense can struggle at times. And Indiana's defense might force some mistakes. They've been doing a good job at that. I picked Indiana to win 17-14, but Illinois is definitely capable of winning for sure. Wow. I have it 24-13, Illinois. I think uh, because the game's in Champaign, mm -hmm. Um, I don't know if you've been watching, but Johnny Newton has been on a completely different level, even from uh, last year and the be beginning of the season. He was a single reason we had that huge turnaround against Minnesota last week. And, uh, you know, he got ejected for a questionable call in the mm -hmm. fourth quarter of that Maryland game, which up until that point we had been dominating. 
and then Maryland reels off 18 straight points, and you know we lost that game. But uh, I think it's going to be a 24-13 win for Illinois, and uh, obviously both our teams need this win. Uh, we're both really trying to get that bowl game uh, built on positive momentum moving forward. Jeffrey, where uh, can our viewers find you on social media? Definitely. I, again, appreciate you having me on. It was a lot of fun talking about the Illini and the Hoosers. But you can find me over at my YouTube channel, Only Talk Sports, where I talk college football, college basketball, NFL, and NBA every single day. And you can find me over on my Twitter as well, Jeffrey, at Only Talk Sports, tag at Only Talk Sports. And I you know, post a lot of sports stuff over there, a lot of the news going on and what I think about it. So definitely check it out if you like. But, again, I had a blast talking about the Hoosers and the Illini. Thanks for having me on. No problem. And we'll uh, what we'll do is we'll get together again once uh, uh, basketball season uh, comes up and Illinois and Indiana have their games together. We'll uh, we'll catch up then. Sounds great. All right, Jeffrey. Thank you so much. You too.